Welcome to Student Success Stories, the podcast where we spotlight academic excellence at Baylor. I'm your host, Carol Croson. Today, we're visiting with Andrew Person, a history and education major from Thailand. We actually recorded this interview last summer when he was at home, and so it was great to get to make this connection using technology um, and recording from a with someone from the other side of the world. So that was really cool. I hope you will enjoy all the tidbits that Andrew has to share with us. He brings so much insight, sharing struggles he's faced and um, great tips, how he starts his week really on Friday, which is a little bit different and really maximizes Saturday is a good time to study. So I hope you will take away lots of good things. And here's our interview. Well, hi, Andrew. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Good, good. Well, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. If you don't mind, just maybe take a minute and introduce yourself and share where you're from and what brought you to Baylor. Sure. Yeah. My name is Andrew Person, and uh, I am from the States, but I was born and raised in Thailand. I was born in a little town called Chiang Mai and spent my life all overseas until Baylor. It was actually in Thailand where I first met a bunch of Baylor students because lots of them were coming over to teach English. And so it was their example and then my parents having attended that led me to apply to Baylor. So yeah. Great, that sounds fascinating. Um, what are you studying while you're here at Baylor? Yeah, so I'm studying history with education and I've Really enjoyed also being able to do the BIC alongside that, kind of an alternate gen ed course, just because that involved a lot of history, a lot of writing. Definitely something that has been really cool along the way. So. Oh, wow. That sounds great. What led you to be interested in studying history and pairing that with education? Yeah, well, I think for me, it was a really just solid, wide base. I have a lot of different interests of things to do in the future, but I've like tutored or been involved with education sort of um, after school programs for a really long time. So I felt like I wanted to get more training in that, sort of the more technical stuff. History has always interested me and it's also a really good base for looking at world affairs. I've had a, some interest in the State Department before as well. So I just felt like those two paired together would prepare me in a lot of ways for different fields. And so currently my plan after graduation is to teach a bit and kind of just see how things go from there. But I just wanted a wide, liberal arts education with some technical skills and kind of, you know, a teacher's license that I could use afterwards. So. Yeah, that sounds like a great plan. What are some study strategies that you use that help you to be successful in your schoolwork? Um, I feel like for me, it was really hard to get study strategies that worked coming out of high school because as a freshman, I feel like I took a lot of the things I didn't have to think about in high school for granted. And so when I suddenly got to college and was managing my own schedule with classes that weren't at a consistent time, semester to semester, I feel like in high school I was able to get by with just kind of doing things on the fly, studying a couple days before tests, not really having a set schedule, but college is so kind of random that you can't succeed if you do that. And that's, I kind of learned that the hard way. Um, but what the, it taught me a lot of things. And I spent uh, the summer after my freshman year like reading up on how other people studied and kind of going after some other really good study tips and uh, applying to get a mentor actually at the Success Center. 
Um, I think the top three things I do that really help me study is first of all, on Fridays before another week begins, I plan the entire week. I put down all my homework for that upcoming week, everything I need to get done. Um, that helps me kind of visualize everything that I'm going to have going on, any big assignments or writing that I have to get through. Um, I also take really detailed notes when I'm reading through a text. So I have a bad habit of kind of flying through readings and not really stopping to let it soak in. And so um, I remember in high school for my AP courses, I used the Cornell note system, writing down an outline and then having questions on the side for review and a summary. And so I didn't do it as consistently as I wanted to, but for most of sophomore year, I just would take Cornell notes, copying down class notes after class. And then for all my readings, I would do that. I would typically do all my readings on the weekend so that during the week I could focus on taking notes or retaking notes I'd taken in class and working on writing. And that way I wouldn't be stuck at 1 a.m. with a long, like 40 page reading I still had to do. Um, yeah, so th those were a few that were really helpful. That's great. Well, and with your major of history that is reading intensive, I can imagine the amount of reading required. So it sounds like those are some great things in place. And I like the idea of looking at the week ahead on Friday. Um, I hear a lot of people maybe Sunday evening look at the week ahead, but by starting on Friday, that gives you the weekend to prepare. So you're giving yourself even a little cushion of if there's anything you know, ooh, I should go ahead and do this before all of the the things pop up that next week. Um, I really, I like that idea of starting Friday that way. Yeah. Um, do you have any sort of kind of consistent study routine that you follow day to day or is it different or what does that look like for you? I got some really good advice actually from our family doctor about when he was studying in med school, how he'd change locations pretty frequently while studying and he would have set spots for classes. I don't do that my classes tend to be all over the place. And so I kind of just steal study space where I can get it, but I do change my study spots a lot and I do it on a kind of a 50 minute basis, like 50 to like an hour and a half. Um, I think lots of people are familiar with like the Pomodoro technique, taking 25 minutes to study, five minutes active break, push up, sit up, something like that. And I, I, I let myself stay in a place for two or three Pomodoros and then I move so that the environment switches up a little bit. Um, I think the main thing, though, with my study habits is that I've kind of blocked off most of Saturday, the day at least, is like, that is study time as well. That's the time to get all my reading done. I usually get out of bed, take a shower, get like a Chick-fil-A breakfast, something I'll enjoy, you know, giving myself a little reward, and then I just go at it for like six hours, um, just because that saves me so much time later in the week uh, to be with friends and to hang out that even though it's a pretty big block of time, kind of setting that aside makes the whole week a lot less stressful and allows me to participate in more extracurriculars. So that's been really valuable. That's a great, a great method and a great plan thinking about where you can get the most studying done in your week so that you can be flexible for other things later on. Yeah. Do you have any sort of morning routine that you like to follow? Yeah. Um, it's a work in progress and I've tried with mixed success to get it more set this summer, but typically I get up in the morning. Um, I have a little bit of a devotional time. I try to work out for a little bit. 
ha- has happened as well as I'd like. I know the slick has these like six o'clock things they do, but I've never been able to drag myself there. Um, which makes me feel bad. I have a professor who goes and works out there at 6 a.m. every morning. And like, I'm a 20 year old, I should be able to do that. I haven't yet, but that's kind of the goal. Um, typically though, after that, I like look over my class schedule. I try to get to class uh, 10 minutes early, but as my ADM history professor would attest, that doesn't always happen. And sometimes it's like last minute in the door. But I guess kind of the schedule I'm trying to build now is just being up in about an hour and a half before I have to be so I can be relaxed, kind of calm, entering the day. Um, but I think out of all my studying stuff, that's the one I need to work on the most. I, I thought I was an early bird and then I came to college. So <laughs> It can be a challenge to get up early, but it sounds like that goal of giving yourself enough cushion and room to kind of wake up and get ready and a great goal to try to be in your class early um, so you're not just rushed in the door um, and then if things happen as sometimes they do that does give you room for the things to happen that may that may occur so that's a great great plan um, well you mentioned that you do move around a lot and um, when you're studying and this idea of the Pomodoro method I'm so glad you've mentioned this I will try to link I've heard that there's an app that you can download to your phone that can help with the Pomodoro method too. Um, and so if you have any of those, or we might link some um, resources about Pomodoro into the show notes too, um, if people want to know more about that. But where are your favorite study places to go when you're kind of changing locations? Yeah. Um Real quick, just to answer the Pomodoro question, I've never used a phone app, but there's this really great timer called Be Focused, which I believe is free for your computer. And what you can do is you can have the 25-minute timer. It kind of goes up into your toolbox at the top of, if you have a Mac at the top of your screen, I don't know where it'd show up in a PC. What I love is you can actually title the different like 25-minute blocks and say like, this is biology, this is reading, and you can have reoccurring titles. So you can have like all your classes in there and kind of like plan out how long each will take and then have a little tag. And when you finish it, you can like knock it off your checklist and keep going through, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Well, we'll be sure and link to that, that specific one in the show notes. Thanks for sharing about that. Yeah. Um, In terms of study locations, I spent my first two years at Baylor at Brooks residential college. Mm -hmm. And so I had my desk set up to study, but of course, like, my roommate and I, we like having the room open and having people over. So when that wasn't available, um, I'd either go to the common space at my dorm at a time when others wouldn't be there. That would, ideally that would be during midday when others were in classes, but sometimes it'd be at 2 a.m. when I knew everyone else who's a little bit smarter would already be asleep. Um, but the other location would be there is a library and a seminar room down on the first floor of Brooks. And so I used those. Now I'm moving off campus next year and I really wanted to try going to Armstrong Browning because it's a really quiet study location. Mm-hmm. It was just so convenient to have a library right in the building, but I never bothered. But I think now that I'm off campus, that'll be my go-to. Great. Are there any off-campus spots that you've found since you've been at Baylor? You know, I've never managed to study at the Common Grounds right next to Baylor, but they've opened a new branch and they have a lot more study space. It's not like, it's 
10 minutes away. Um, besides that, uh, my girlfriend is a very big Starbucks fan. So sometimes we end up at Starbucks, uh, uh-huh. but typically the one that's further from campus is less crowded, less people. And of course, free Wi-Fi. Um, I think the other study space I found helpful would be if I have something that doesn't take a ton of concentration, it's more of a reading or something. And I just have to take notes. I've gone to Cameron Park before, but of course it depends on the weather. Waco can be kind of erratic with that, but it's a fun place to study. Yes. Yeah, Cameron Park is definitely a really neat thing that we have in Waco that students definitely take advantage of. Um, Sometimes our greatest teachers can be challenges we've overcome or mistakes that we've learned from. And have you had any experience like that that you'd like to share since coming to Baylor? Oh yeah, freshman year was I, just the entirety of it. It was really good in terms of social growth, having a strong group of friends who were encouraging and stuff. I made a lot of really good connections, but academically, I mean, I did well in high school, generally speaking. Coming to Baylor, like I said, I wasn't very organized. I was adjusting to living in a new country. And so a lot of my early months at Baylor were rough for that reason. They kind of set a a pattern of, you know, not being too organized with my work, letting deadlines creep up on me, trying to finish a paper last minute. I can't point to a single instance, but just a general trend in how I was treating my studies. And unfortunately, it got to a point where it was like, I don't get my act together. I'm going to probably face some scholarships disappearing. And that plus the realization that I didn't want my college years to be marked by me performing at a level I knew was far below what I should have been doing. It, it took that to push me to kind of do more research on how to study better and actually make those changes. So it, it, painful lesson. I don't like looking at my GPA from freshman year, but it's thankfully really turned around sophomore year. So Sometimes it, it takes those different things to help us learn. And it sounds like you've developed some excellent strategies that have been really helpful. Um, well, another facet to student life here is student organizations. And have you gotten involved in any different groups while you've been on campus? Yeah, I I did a lot of window shopping uh, freshman year, especially the first semester. But what I ended up joining um, and really sticking with sophomore year was uh, campus, well, it's called crew now, not the rowing team, but like the Christian group. I always get questions. It's like, dude, you get up at 4 a.m. to go row? I'm like, heck no. (laughs) Um, I had a friend who did that. He hated it. But, and then the other thing I'm relatively involved in, uh, is a group called the Mali United Nations at Baylor. It's a traveling team kind of debate meets diplomacy at the same time where you have to represent a country and come up with a position and debate it and try to get other people to join you on what you think about an issue at different conferences. And I, I'd participate in that in high school. Um, and so it was something I got involved with my sophomore year here at Baylor. And it's, it takes a lot of time. I'm glad that I didn't get involved with it freshman year because I was not ready for that sort of commitment. Like, it's an incredible club, but, you know, there's a three-hour meeting on Mondays, and then there's always research you have to do following that meeting, like digging through old files and trying to figure out which ambassador said what. And it's been really interesting, but it's a lot of work. So I'm glad that I have more of a cushion now, thanks to improving my habits a bit so that I can enjoy something like that. It's more of an academic club, but 
a lot of really cool people that I really respect in there. So yeah, those are the two I'm really involved with. I did a lot of martial arts in high school. And so I'm looking at trying to get involved with the Taekwondo club at Baylor next year. But uh, I just need to see how things start out. I'll also be working as a office manager at Brooks. So I'm just trying to see how that all goes. Office assistant, sorry, not the manager. No, that's great. I think it sounds very wise to kind of proceed slowly and make sure you have the time and room. And it sounds like with some of these strategies, like getting that chunk of studying done on a Saturday and different things like that, that that opens your schedule up to be able to be involved in these more time intensive organizations. So that's great. And it sounds like it's something you really enjoy um, that gives you that kind of fills out your co-curricular um, piece of your time at Baylor. So that's great. Yeah. Um, well, we've mentioned studying at some different coffee shops. Do you have a favorite coffee order that you like to get when you study? I do. Now, I don't know if it'll be available again. But back in the spring, Common Grounds, as one of, one of their spring specials, was a coffee called Almond Joy. Mm. It was like coconut milk, dark chocolate mocha with almond syrup. And that was incredible. Loved it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's going to be there anymore, but I got my own apartment and I'm going to get a coffee maker. So hopefully I'm going to recreate it on my own. Okay. The yeah. Almond Joy. That sounds yummy. It's very um, good. What about any particular resources that you found to be especially helpful while you've been at Baylor? I mean, several come to mind. I think one of them, of course, is the professors I had a chance to study under were very encouraging. Um, professors unfortunately left Baylor to go work at another university. A guy named Dr. Payne, he taught American history, was very instrumental not in necessarily giving direct study tips, but the way he maintained his classroom, kept organized and was encouraging, was really cool. He was a baker, so he'd bake us stuff before our finals and just someone you looked forward to seeing. And that's hard to say when it's at 8 a.m. Um, so certainly him and several staff uh, teachers in the BIC uh, program are very dedicated to what they're doing. There's a reason they love the, and it are, so, are so involved with like smaller class sizes that presents. I think another one was I got a mentor um, first because it was required of me my second semester uh, as a freshman to help get myself back on more of a academic track. And that first semester was required, but I've had one ever since. And that's primarily because of the accountability and because they can help me hone different strategies that I've used. Um, there's a few I want to try out. Like for instance, one recommended because um, I had mentioned I like writing and putting things together. She recommended maybe having like a three-minute crash course of my of the lesson written down, and then I could actually say it into like a microphone, and I could play them back while I'm walking across campus, which I thought was cool. I'm a big podcast guy, so that would be right down my alley. So I want to try that. I don't know if it'll be too time-consuming, but yeah. Um, but it, those mentors were really instrumental and they gave me a lot of great tips and I'd show them my Cornell notes and they'd kind of let me know how they thought I was doing. So I, I think it's thanks to them and my professors that my second semester sophomore year was what it, what it was. Um, so yeah. Great. Good. Well, I'm so glad you've taken advantage of those resources and 
Um, if anyone listening is interested in getting an academic mentor, we'll definitely put information for how you can do that. That is a great resource. Well, you have answered so many great questions today, and um, I just want to end our time together thinking about the future and thinking about kind of your hopes for your life. But at this stage of the game, what are things you envision for your future that you hope to accomplish? Yeah, um, there's definitely some different tracks. I think I'm definitely going to want to teach when I get out of Baylor for a time and see how that feels. Um, there's a lot of teachers in my family. I've seen the impact it can have. Um, and growing up in a country where quality education isn't always available, um, for many of my friends, even though I was able to get a, a really good one, I think shows you the value of it. So I definitely want to look into that. Um, I also have a lot, a lot of interest in sort of the mission scene and how ministry can be involved with education. And then there's this other side of me that's really interested in diplomacy and like how to maintain you know, U.S. foreign relations and foreign policy. So there's kind of like three different tracks in my head. I'm not quite sure how they're going to move forward as one yet, but I think regardless, I, I do want to go back overseas. I think growing up overseas and having those experiences has been really valuable, and I want that same experience for my future family and hopefully future kids someday. So wherever it is, I, I think I'll end up out of country eventually, but for now I'm really enjoying where I'm at and learning and having professors to bug with questions about you know, foreign stuff or education policy or whatever. That's amazing. Well, awesome. Well, we'll look forward to seeing what all you do after Baylor, but thanks so much for sharing these great strategies for how you're, you're, you've been successful while you're here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I really enjoyed my visit with Andrew. I learned a lot of great ideas myself and hope you did too. I think starting the week on Friday and looking ahead and giving yourself that cushion on the weekends can be a huge game changer. I'm afraid I remember far too many times, late nights, struggling to get through reading um, and just my eyes not wanting to stay open. And so I love his idea about use Saturday to really get a lot of that reading done when you can be more focused and engaged in that way. You're not going to struggle um, to keep your eyes open and more importantly, be mentally present and engaged with the text. So that's a great, um, great idea, great takeaway. And I hope you found some good things you want to try. Please let us know if you have questions or comments or other um, resources or tools that have been helpful for you. It sounds like mentoring was helpful to Andrew. Um, so we'll be sure to link some information where you can find out about academic mentoring through the Success Center if that's something you'd like to take advantage of. But I hope you're having a great week and I hope you'll join us again next time when we hear another student success story. Do you have a student success story you'd like to share? Did you start implementing a tip or technique you learned from the podcast and want to tell us more about it? Maybe you have questions or comments about how we can make this podcast better, or is there a certain content you would like to hear about? Please let us know by emailing studentsuccessstories at baylor.edu. You can also check out our website where we have more details about the different episodes. You can find that website at baylor.edu slash SSI slash podcast. 
Here you can download episodes, subscribe to our iTunes, and see all the show notes from all the episodes we've done. These show notes are great, especially if you've been listening to the episodes on the go and want to find out more about certain resources, tools, strategies. Um, some of our guests have mentioned, you'll find all that information right there. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Student Success Stories. This is where we share when new episodes are going to be uploaded, when we have more information about tips and techniques that different guests have shared, and also sometimes our guests take over our Insta stories, and those um, stories have been posted to our highlights, so be sure and check those out. They're a great way for you to get a good connection with our guests and see more about how they've been successful as students. Thanks for listening. Our podcast theme song is Run One Down by Dan Liebowitz.